and welcome to podcast 15 of Radio TFS. This is going to be our last Radio TFS of the year. We've got a very special guest, which we'll get to in just a moment. This is Mickey Gousset, and I want to introduce again our co-host, Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. Hey there, Mickey. And Paul Hacker. Hey, Paul. Hey, Mickey. So how are you guys doing? Doing well. Enjoying the, the beautiful winter weather and getting ready for the holidays. Yep, doing well over here too. It's a, a nice raining uh, weather in uh, in Ireland, but it's, you know, nice late. I'm on my uh, holidays as we're speaking, so if I sound more more relaxed than usual, that'll be why. I haven't, I haven't started drinking yet this evening, though. You'll be glad to hear. It should be good. All right. Well, why don't we just get straight to it? Because I'm very, very excited about the, the special guest that we have, have today. And with that, I want to introduce... Jeff Beeler from Microsoft, who, in my opinion, is a team system head honcho, but I'll let him kind of jump in and tell us exactly who it is. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing well. We're excited to have you on this program. So, Good. I'm excited, so, I'm excited to be here. You guys uh, do an awesome show. I'm a big fan of it. Tell us a little about yourself. Tell us, tell us you know, who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, my my uh, unofficial title at uh, Microsoft is I'm the team system chief of staff, and um, as you might imagine, that means I do a whole bunch of different things uh, within the team. Uh, you know, kind of first and foremost, I'm the guy helping drive the ship train uh, out the door. So, you know, watching the, the uh, progress of our various feature crews and making sure that our bug count's not getting too high and looking at the various features that we're working on, making sure they fit together in some sort of independent way. And um, as you ima- might imagine, that keeps me pretty darn busy. Um, but on top of that, I'm also responsible for... Uh, kind of running the business of the business, so keeping track of our budgets and our, you know, the, the headcount within our team, making sure that our, you know, various meetings are happening, things like our, we have an all-hands meeting on a quarterly basis, that sort of stuff. And I have two other things I do, if, you, if that doesn't keep me enough busy enough. Um, first is I'm responsible for the community programs within our team, uh, and so that means that uh, I manage uh, folks like Chuck Sterling, who's uh, directly responsible for a lot of uh, what's what folks see out on the website and out um, you know within our community like the MVP program and that sort of thing, and then finally uh, I'm responsible for the Ranger program and um, we can talk about a bit more about that if you like, but it's um, our way of connecting with our field within Microsoft and making sure that we accelerate the adoption of Team System through uh, various efforts, including things like um, uh, various guidance pieces that we publish, including we just published a. TFS branching guidance a few days ago, which is pretty exciting. And then we also release various solutions, things like uh, the TFS to uh, project server connectors. So all in all, it keeps me pretty darn busy. So are you actually the guy as well? So you're responsible for both the budget that you get to spend you know, on the team and also what the team delivers? You, you are the business owner, if you like, the, the guy that says yes or no to things. Oh, geez. Well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, you know, we have a very strong team of folks that are responsible for their various areas. Uh, folks like Brian Harry has strong uh, input as to where we go with TFS since he owns that area. Jim Sather owns uh, our direction and, and decisions around the team developer and team data products. Um, and then we've got Cameron Skinner, who you guys, I think, have interviewed before. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, uh, who's responsible for the architect area of our product. And Amit Chatterjee, who's responsible for uh, Team Test, and so, you know, uh, we like I said, we have a super strong set of folks. And I don't know if you've spoken to Sam Guckenheimer. If you haven't, you really should, because he's 
uh, you know, kind of from a scenario end user perspective, he's really helping pull the uh, end-to-end scenario of our product together and really try to make all these pieces that come together make some sense and, and really flow together. So have you been around since Team System was, was first thought up? Were you involved in any of that, or how long have you been on the, the Team System team? Yeah, so the the team system concept really was born in 2003, and I joined in the summer of 2003. Um, so while I wasn't, uh, you know, the first few of the, the on the first, you know, real small team that was started, um, I've been with the team from you know, very early on. Um, you know, folks like Brian Harry and Sam uh, precede me by a, a few months, if you will. So. Uh, I've certainly seen the team come together and, and grow up over the last five years. It's really been exciting to to see it come from just this vision that we had of you know bringing teams together to uh, something where we have quite a following now. But you worked for Microsoft before that as well, didn't you, Jeff? I'm, I'm in the yeah, I did. Long history with Microsoft. Yeah, I kind of have a, a long history with Microsoft. I actually started back in 1990, uh, and I worked on a small product called QuickC for Windows, which was a competitor of TurboC from Borland. And uh, from that, we created Visual C++ 1.0 um, back in 1991. Wow. And then, um, yeah, I was on the Visual C++ team uh, for quite a while after that. Uh, when my, my kids were born, I decided to leave Microsoft and pursue other interests. And uh, that included things like uh, some consulting and working for a small Internet startup company, uh, as well as um, I, I taught uh, elementary school for three years. So I had uh, quite a few experiences while I was gone, but uh, you know, situations occurred such that I decided to come back to Microsoft, and um, I'm very happy I did. I, I feel like I've landed on a great team, and I have a, uh, I, what I consider the best job at Microsoft. You always, always developer tools, then, it sounds like, as well, apart from yeah, right. dealing with naughty school children outside of Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed how similar uh, dealing with those school children <laughs> is to uh, software development. So... I've been, you know, a big fan of Team System since it was first announced at TechEd in 2004. Was when when you came on the team and they were first talking about doing this, was there the expectation that it was was going to take off as as much as it has because I really feel it's really starting to take off especially with 2008 and now with what's coming in 2010. There's a, there's just a lot of buzz out there. Did y'all did y'all think it was going to going to do what it's done? Well, uh, I think we've all been uh, surprised by how well it's done, uh, especially early on. Uh, There's this kind of common joke that it takes Microsoft three versions to get a product right. Um, And we're on our third version now, so maybe uh, 2010 is really the one that's going to cause it to, uh, you know, we're going to hit that one out of the park. But uh, even the first version was uh, wildly popular and, and really hit a chord with teams um, as we showed how, you know, bringing teams together uh, and sharing data between the various uh, members of a team can really help make them um, even more productive. Uh, and so, you know, we started with that theme early on, and it's really uh, been very well received. You know, I think part of our success has been the fact that we dogfooded the product early on. Uh, so we knew that when it was released that it was a high-quality product that really did meet uh, customers. And I, I also attribute some of that success, and I'm going to come back to this a little bit later, um, to how open y'all have become with the community. I mean, blogs.msdn.com took off around that time. Um, all the information y'all put out there, the monthly updates that Grant Holiday and, and Brian Harry put out there as far as, the like you said, the dogfooding aspect – I feel all of that has really kind of come together in a perfect storm to really increase the product's, you know, value and worth. 
Yeah, you know, it's a product that um, is all about bringing people together, and so we don't think of that as just being confined to a particular team. We really want to be able to, you know, bring people together uh, around the world, and and this is that's part of our community vision is uh, finding ways to get, uh, you know, our team connected with your team so that uh, we can all you know, help improve the product over time. And the amount of community impact and, um, you know, kind of customer feedback that we've received about the product is is inspiring to us. It, you know, it, it keeps us going as we hear about customer success stories and even where they're having troubles. Uh, that inspires us to, to help go and fix those issues as we can. And, uh, so we have a very strong uh, community, I call it DNA within our team, uh, and it's it's very exciting to see how people uh, have responded to that. It just keeps us going and going. One of the things that was quite surprising when Team System came out um, was how mature parts of the product were, especially things like um, Team Foundation Server. You know that was that was uh, hugely mature and you know scaled well beyond um, what I've had to scale it. You know when I've been in teams uh, outside of Microsoft. Um, you mentioned a bit about the the, the dog fooding efforts. When did that when did that begin? Uh, somebody who does software themselves. It's um you know that's a big moment when you decide to decide to start using it yourself, and that's when when you really start finding that sort of stuff. How it, it was very early when you dog fooded, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So uh, Mickey mentioned when we came out to uh, the TechEd 2004 uh, announcement, and it was very soon after that that we started dog fooding it within the various TFS teams. And uh, then we had a progressed rollout throughout the rest of the team system teams initially, and then um, on into the rest of DevDiv, including the Visual Studio and that framework. Uh, but yeah, we've been using uh, parts of it since 2004. I think that's helped, you know, when you're talking about the version maturities, uh, definitely, because TFS, the version that was released, you know, the final V1 that was released. Um, yeah. That was more like a traditional Microsoft V2. I think in the old days, no offense, <laughs> but the the version that you you know that you guys called like the Beta 2 refresh, if I seem to remember, yeah. that was probably um, that felt like around about you know original you know old Microsoft V1 quality. But you seem to be listening more to what the customers are saying and say, no, we need to keep this back and do some more work on it before you were very happy with it to ship a V1. I don't know if that's how you perceived it. Yeah, that's right. Um, we definitely pay attention to customers. We pay attention to our internal sites as well, um, and we want to make sure that uh, that we can use the release product just as well as our customers can. And so that does cause us to to hold back uh, a bit more than perhaps we normally would. Um, and you know, right now we're we've got uh, Team Foundation Server deployed to all of developer division, which is you know, over 2,000 people. And uh, I, I think Brian's even mentioned this on his blog that there are there's sometimes when that's just not going all that well, and we're finding all sorts of um, you know scalability issues as we have millions and millions of files under source control. Um, but we know that when we get done with it and that we're happy with it internally, that it'll be uh, of uh, a great quality for customers as well because we understand that we have you know one of the largest deployments of Team Foundation Server. And if it works for us, it's definitely going to work for a, a vast majority of our customers. Excellent. Um... Jeff, one of the things you talked about was being, you know, responsible for getting this product kind of out the door. Um, what, what's that? Can you talk about how the ship process works, especially when it comes to 2010? What does it take to get this product out the door? Yeah, so this has been a, a long project for us, a bit longer, I think, than we had originally planned. Um, 
you know, it started out as uh, something we called Rosario, which was going to be a separate release from the rest of Visual Studio. It was just going to be a, a, an incremental release on top of uh, Visual Studio 2008. And so we started that in, back in 2006. Uh, so it's now over two years ago that we started. And um, we actually started with uh, an internal deployment, which took place, I think, um, in the spring of 2007. Uh, which included the hierarchical work items and the linking that we have now provided as part of the 2010 release. And we put that in production for the office team as well as for ourselves uh, to help us manage our project, a, a key part of making sure that we knew. And so uh, then, oh gosh, I think about a year ago, uh, it became clear after uh, Visual Studio 2008 shift that uh, there was going to be a kind of conflict in terms of scheduling between what the Visual Studio team needed to do and what the team system team needed to do. So uh, it was not compatible to have these two separate releases happening from dev div, you know, being released in you know, a pretty short time from one another. So we brought those two products together, uh, and as we announced earlier this year, you know, now we're calling it uh, Visual Studio 2010. Um, and that, that release, you know, we basically started that effort, um, the 2010 effort, in about March of this year. And uh, we've had a series of three, uh, about 12-week-long uh, milestones that the teams have worked on. And those milestones are then broken up into much smaller uh, efforts within each one of the teams. But those milestones are kind of checkpoints along the way for us to be managing the release to. And that's the point where, at the end of each one of those, we get together uh, as the entire division and we review the progress that each team has made and their plans for the next um, milestone. At the end of the second milestone, we shipped uh, what we internally called CTP2. What we, what we call externally is, I think, the September uh, CTP for 2010. Okay. Uh, and then we just recently wrapped up our third uh, and final milestone for the release. Um, and now we're in the process of doing all the stabilization and criteria work around w what we hope to have as a beta release. Okay. Ooh, you're not gonna, you're not going to give us any more of a of a teaser than sometime in the I was spring. Just going to ask that. <laughs> Sorry. Spring is only so long, Mickey. It's only so long, so you can kind of guesstimate when we're going to get it. That's right. I wish I could tell you more, but, uh, you know, I feel like I'd be setting your expectations and then, you know, dashing them later if we didn't make it. So we want to be real careful about that. When, when, oh, the, decision yeah. was, oh, when the decision was made is to switch from Rosario as a, like, a kind of single uh, release to integrating it with the Visual Studio and calling it 2010, did that change the whole schedule on you or did that cause a lot of work for you or were you able to really just kind of retrofit it right into what was going on with the 2010 stuff and, and just keep on going. Yeah, so it uh, it did change our schedule and it did change the work we had to do. Um, our our original schedule was to ship much sooner than um, what we currently have on the books for uh, for the release, um, and some of that was due to extra work that we had to pick up. Uh, anybody that's picked up the September CTP knows that we're undergoing a fairly large uh, architectural change in terms of the shell. Uh, they've picked up uh, they they're they're working on a new editor as well as redoing the shell to support WPF. And uh, that work has downstream ramifications and all the pieces that we plug into the shell. And so, you know, as we made that decision, we recognized that we were going to be picking up a lot more work as well. Uh, and so that 
obviously impacted our schedule. I think in the um, in the September CTP, it wasn't hugely obvious to me that you know that work had gone on in the shell. You know, the shell still felt the same. It feels like beta one is really when we're going to start to you know think, ooh, you know, somebody's been moving the furniture around here, sort of thing. <laughs> That's right, it, and it'll be very obvious um, when you get the beta. It's it's um, it, it's very impressive, actually. We're very excited about it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't tell us> <laughs> that. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah. How's that for a teaser? Exactly. That's a teaser. So I wanna I wanna talk about. Um, you mentioned that part of the your responsibility is community and yeah. Visual Studio 2010. Team system is going to just be such a freaking huge release. There's so much stuff in there. I can't even wrap my head around it. I've been playing with the CTP for months. I've noticed y'all started to to do a couple of things to start expanding or trying to reach out to the community about that. Um, Brian Keller just or just released a new uh, Channel Nine podcast called Ten Four that that's looking at it. What are some of the? Are there any other steps, or, or have y'all actually sat down and said, "Hey, we need to make a big push to the community to help them out because this thing is so big"? Yeah, it is a very large release. As I mentioned, the team system teams have been working on it off and on for the last two years, and uh, then the rest of the developer division for the past year or so. Uh, and so that's a lot of people working on a lot of great value for customers. Um, and in terms of the community work that we're doing, uh, clearly, uh, if you if you spend any time on the Channel 9 site that Brian Keller is putting together around Visual Studio and Team System, uh, you'll see all of the amazing uh, interviews that he's done and recast there. Uh, so that's a, that's a bit of it. Uh, we, we recently hired a new um, website manager for our uh, developer centers, and uh, she's focused on coming up with uh, new plans for our, our website to really help uh, answer the questions of folks in the community and their customers so that when they uh, run into questions or they want to learn more, they're able to do that effectively through our website, which has, you know, I'd say probably over the last few years has is, is gotten a little bit old and moldy. So but we're excited about being, being able to bring that resource to the forefront. And then uh, our MVP program is, is continues to grow. Um, as you guys know, it's a, it's a vital part of our outreach to the community. It certainly provides us tons of information on the product team, but uh, even more importantly, uh, you guys are, are the way that we get information out to individual customers. And we've grown that uh, group. You know, I think a couple of years ago it was only 30 folks, and now it's, I, I can't remember the last one, but it's you know getting close to 100 folks uh, on on the MVP roles, and uh, that's a, a critical part for our overall. Switching gears a little bit, Jeff. Um, You've been, you know, you've been in Microsoft a good long time shipping software, and um, Microsoft certainly know a lot about software delivery. You know, it's what they do. Uh, which bits you've had a lot to do with how the team are actually, you know, how the team do the business of developing software, and yeah. certainly it seems a lot more uh, agile the way that the Visual Studio team and and the Team System team especially are, are, are putting things together and getting CTPs out. You know, people especially things like the the Data Dude guys. You know, they were just shipping things out constantly. How, what which bit are you are you sort of most proud of how you've how you've adjusted the the process to fit your your customers? Yeah, it, it's great uh, the the advances we've seen within the team. Um, a few things come to mind as you ask that question. One is that uh, we've really realized that 
even within our own teams, a, a single process does not work well for every team. Uh, each team has their own uh, priorities and idiosyncrasies and, you know, just kind of uh, its own personality and culture. And um, so we've really tried to make sure that our overall Uber process for managing this huge release is uh, flexible so that uh, individual teams can pursue their own uh, approaches in terms of how they want to do some of their day-to-day -day work. Uh, and so we have teams that uh, still do, you know, kind of a classic waterfall approach for their small uh, efforts. Sometimes they've got more of an agile approach. We have teams that are using Scrum. Uh, and so it's really neat to be able to see uh, them innovate in these various process areas so that uh, you know, they can figure out what works best for them. And then we are able to use that information. We, bring, we have conversations. We bring things together so that you know, teams can share the best learnings that they have across their various uh, efforts. And then um, probably the, one of the things that I'm most proud about is the way that we've learned to roll that information up. Uh, so that we have a consolidated view within TFS of our efforts uh, across the board. And so, uh, you know, what we ask each of the teams to do is to, you know, as they integrate with the rest of our efforts, is to have a work item in our system that is, we call a deliverable. And the deliverable is a chunk of work that a team works on um, that, that eventually gets integrated into our main source tree. And that is typically on the order of, uh, between four and six weeks worth of work for a particular team. And so, you know, it works well for uh, a team that's using sort of Scrum methodology. And uh, it, within that record, we're able to roll up the amount of work that each of the teams has completed and has remaining. And um, then it also represents uh, a way of keeping track of the quality for each one of those efforts. And so we have what we call quality gates. Uh, which each one of these deliverables has to meet before they can get integrated in. And it's things like a certain level of code coverage, a certain amount of test preparation, uh, a certain amount of automation that's been completed for testing, uh, security checks, and all of these sorts of things. I think there are about a dozen of these various gates within our system. Uh, and so that by the time the team has completed that work, um, they're able to check that in, and we have high confidence in that new feature or, you know, kind of new scenario, whatever they decided to work. Uh, but uh, by, by doing that, by having this deliverable work item type that then rolls into value props and scenarios within our system, um, I'm able to have a high-level view of where the overall project is and really get a sense of what's remaining for us to do. And so being able to have that high-level view of where the project is while still enabling teams to operate under their own methodologies uh, is something that I'm really uh, excited about. You know, it's something that comes true with uh, the newest version of the Team Foundation server uh, and it, 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 uh, been really effective for us to uh, help us manage our project. You talked about the gated check-ins there, uh, Jeff. Um, is the, 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 the gated check-ins that you have to go through internally um, are those the same ones you've rolled into the product for 2010? Yeah, so the, the, uh, the approach is about the same, but the uh, implementation is different. Our internal system within DevDiv uh, does not yet use team build because we haven't yet uh, been able to scale team build to the size of, uh, you know, the developer division's efforts. Uh, so we have a separate homegrown tool that we've been using for years in this regard, uh, but we modeled our gated check-in after uh, you know the lessons that we learned through this this internal tool, and our goal obviously will be to switch over to 
uh, using team build as soon as we can. I see. You also we, talked about the, um, the, the reporting, um, the roll-up reporting. So did, did the need for that type of reporting um, bring about changes in the reporting that's going to be available to the end users in 2010? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the fact that now we can have meaningful links between work items so that you can have this sort of parent-child relationship and understand how uh, various uh, work within the system uh, relates to one another uh, enables this sort of view and this sort of functionality where you can start to roll up information and uh, get a better sense of uh, the overall state of the project and progress being made. Uh, and so, you know, we're taking a lot of the, the internal lessons that we've learned uh, through our own usage of the product and, and baking that back into the, the reports and the rest of the process guidance that becomes part of the product. <laughs> And speaking of process guidance, will there be a way to edit that process guidance in 2010? Well, isn't there a way today? Well, the way today is really a difficult process. Nobody I know actually goes and does it. I don't know about Mickey or Martin, if you know, uh, if you've done it, but I, I've never done the process guidance. I have, and it's it leaves, leaves somewhat to be desired. <laughs> that we could do a whole so podcast think, on that. <laughs> I think Paul's question is, are you going to make it easier? Yeah, are you going to make it easier? <laughs> Well, so uh, let's see. I that's not an area that I'm an expert at. So anything I say here is mostly conjecture. Um, so I think I'll just leave it at uh, it's an area that we've gotten a lot of feedback on, and boy, I hope they've done something to make it better. Cool. <laughs> but but I think it'd be great to have a podcast on you know kind of process in general. Uh, I know that folks from the TFS process team would would love to come and spend some time telling you about the new agile work that they've been doing, and, and um, so let me know if I can help pull that together. Cool. Sure. I just wanted to um, loop back. To, you mentioned something about team build there and the gated check-ins. There are yeah. people who do use team build, you know, inside of feature crews and things on the team, don't they? It's just not. It's just not the monster Visual Studio build that's done using build process. Is that is that? That's why I understand it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So uh, our process enables people to use team build within their own feature crews, um, either as a nightly build or a rolling build or a, you know sort of build. Um, but then the, the monster build that happens every night starts at 9 o'clock and runs for hours and hours. Uh, it uses MS build, but we don't currently control it through a, a team build interface. Cool. But boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could do that? Certainly on our list of things to do. Yeah, that would be very cool. Well, and there's certainly other teams in... Um... You know, inside Microsoft as well, regularly dog fooding the team build stuff. You know, in uh, talking, you know, talking back into TFS. I know I've spoken to a few of them. Yeah, that's right. You know, the thing that we always have to kind of remind ourselves is, while we you know love to be able to dog food our product, um, there aren't too many customers that look like our team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and if so, they are, uh, they probably don't. You know, they probably work for a company that, that don't want to be using Microsoft <laughs> products because you know they're a competitor. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, we also uh, do a lot of work with our internal IT teams uh, because we know that a lot of customers look more like, uh, you know, our MSIT um, organization. And so we've got a significant dog fooding effort with them. In fact, our plan is that uh, for Beta 1, they'll actually roll out uh, the Beta 1 server to the MSIT teams before all of DevDiv, um, in part because you know, it's really hard for us to roll out a beta server when we're trying to get a beta out. Um, but also because they they just in many ways are more representative of customers than the humongous dev dev effort. 
I agree, and it's certainly one of the things you know during the early like stages for two thousand and five. Um, there was a couple of problems. One was the um, as a as a business customer, it felt you know a lot of the tools we were like, well, this this already works well enough for us. You know, uh, we don't yeah. need any more scalability on TFS. But hey, um, for example, it would be it would sure would be nice to say edit process guidance a bit easier. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> for instance. Or, for for an example, you know, or um, another another thing is um, around yeah some of the dog feeding efforts and stuff. It, it could definitely there are parts of the product that completely overperform from from what we need. You know what I mean uh, as a as a business user, and it can be seen. But that's good. It's nice that you're out there kicking the tires well ahead of where we will get to, especially um, as hopefully TFS will be in people's organizations for years and years to come, though I don't have a, a bajillion file, you know, a metric bajillion files in my um, in my repository at the minute. In a few years' time, I, I, I will be, you know, I'll be knocking on those doors. Yep, and you'll know that we're ahead of you. Jeff, you mentioned earlier that one of the other areas that you head up was something you called the Ranger Program. For our listeners out there who may not have heard about the Ranger program or what it is, could you could you expound on that just a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so the Ranger program's been going on for about uh, two years. Hmm. It's been going on for a while now, and um, now it's going to bug me until I figure out how long it's been. Um, but uh, it, it started as a collaboration between us and the Microsoft Consulting Services uh, as a way to help uh, fill the gaps in the solution that we provided in 2005. And so must have been three. It must have been two years now that I think about it. Um, and so basically what we did is we recognized that uh, while the base product was uh, a high-quality product, as we tried to get it into various enterprises, uh, there, were, there were gaps that we just hadn't filled in the first version. And so we wanted to find a way to be able to respond to those customer needs uh, faster than waiting for the next version of the product since we can only release product every two or three years. Uh, and so through a jointly funded effort between the product team and MCS, we have uh, engaged in a number of projects uh, that we now have come to call the Ranger Team. And um, we're, we're able to, through that effort, uh, bring on the order of a dozen or so projects to, to market every year uh, in direct response to what we're hearing from our field. And so every once in a while we'll take a big poll uh, and voting approach to talking to our field and understand what areas they have the, the highest amount of pain in with regard to deploying TFS and the rest of the team system. And then we'll work with them to understand what sort of solutions we can provide on those that get the highest number of votes. And um, so a number of projects, as I mentioned earlier, have uh, released even just in the last couple of weeks, uh, things like the branching guidance, um, have, have really provided um, excellent instruction to customers uh, in a way that is field tested. You know, as we do these projects, we're doing them in conjunction with our field um, and with MVPs now, so that by the time it's released, it has you know real world. Uh, in, it's been informed by real world uh, situ- situations and scenarios, so that um, you know people can have high amounts of confidence in the the solutions that are provided. An extremely now, uh, exciting program. Yeah, Mickey. I have to I have to uh, have to say as a as a team system consultant, 
I I yeah. was a little when I first heard about the Ranger program, I was a little you know little iffy about it. Little had to have my concerns. But what was really cool was Bijan and everyone else in the Ranger program. They listened to our concerns. They've let us become involved as MVPs as far as helping you know with some of these projects. They've released these projects. They just released, as you said, the branching guidance too onto CodePlex, which is just, I haven't even been able to digest it all yet, but it's phenomenal. And again, that goes back to the whole community aspect, the whole wanting to work, like you said, with MVPs and other people to help promote team system. So my, my opinion of the Ranger program has completely changed from when I was first introduced to it. Well, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, the, the MVP edition, I think, was a, a, a great one, and, and uh, we definitely ex- expect to expand on that over the next uh, year or so. Uh, and you know, to the extent where we we want to start asking you guys where the the biggest holes are still in the product, and to work with you on uh, coming up with those. Solutions. But it's important as well that it's not just uh, you know it's not just us us lofty MVPs that are, you know the privileged people to be awarded an MVP award that can contribute. These a lot of these projects are on Coplex, aren't they? And so anyone can just go in and 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 start contributing to those projects. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Coplex is a is a great way for customers to interact with uh, with these sorts of efforts. We, we want to make them uh, open to folks. We really have no, um, you know, desire to, to turn it into a product or anything. We just want to make sure that it uh, meets the customer needs. And what, what better way to do that than to uh, allow people to contribute on their own? Let's talk about um, the next release. So what, what we've been calling Rosario or, or Team System 2010. Uh, you know, that, that's coming down customers' doors. Everyone's getting very excited about it. Which parts of the product um, do you think are going to make the most difference to, you know, to, to real customers out in the world? Rather than things that have just been fixed, which things do you think are going to completely change the way a lot of your, the customers develop software? Well, let's see. <laughs> when, when, we, uh, when we talk around the, the team, one of the things we always say is, you know, we're out to try to change the world. And, um, you know, I think we, we have an opportunity to do that here with Rosario or 2000, as we call it. Uh, there are a number of key things that we've been talking about recently that I think uh, really attract the, t- the attention of customers and because they have that, that capability of really changing how they do their day-to-day work. Uh, one of the scenarios that we're enabling with this release is the no repros, the end of the no repro scenario. Uh, and that really is enabling testers to, uh, or anybody really, when they're testing out a, a product uh, to uh, provide a lot more insight to uh, to the person that they're reporting the bug to, so that they're able to um, you know get away from this. Hey, it, you know it doesn't work on my machine sort of scenario, and, and really enable uh, developers to have great insight into what actually happens uh, during uh, a testing scenario, so that you know there's it, it should really improve people's uh, productivity because they won't have to go back and try and try again if something failed one time, uh, but instead just be able to report that and move on. So I think that's one big area, you know, and it, it, it becomes part of a larger sort of story around testing in general, uh, which is one of our major, major pillars for uh, Rosario. Uh, and so, you know, with the addition of things like Camino for manual testing, and, um, you know, the whole test case management and lab management uh, areas within the product. I think we're just really going to change the face of testing uh, across the board. Uh, I just, I, I can't wait to, to see how that really comes to fruition with our customers because I think the potential is amazing. Uh, and then, then finally, I, I think the other area that 
um, we're just now starting to really grapple with how uh, impactful it's going to be is the work that we're doing in the architect products. You know, I'd say that uh, in the past, the architect products probably been our weakest uh, entry within uh, the various client SKUs. And I, I think that with 2010, it has the potential of being the strongest SKU uh, with some of its really uh, uh, amazing tools that allow for architectural insight and modeling. Uh, I think customers are going to find that to be, you know, the, the fact that we're now able to have the, the model uh, with the code and provide that sort of both physical and log view on on an application, and not just greenfield applications, but you know ones that are already uh, been developed and being able to rear that into architectural view is um, I think it's really going to change the, the the way our customers work, and I think it it'll uh, kind of change the the marketplace as well. Speaking of changing the marketplace. One of the things I've noticed now, especially once 2008 came out, is that now there's suddenly starting to be all these other players trying to jump into the whole lifecycle management space. Specifically, one of the things that really got thrown in my face a lot last year was was IBM Jazz. Do yep. you feel Do you feel that Team System 2010 have y'all have y'all put the groundwork in place? And I, I feel this way, but I want your opinion as far as being able to map the future to be able to handle this increased demand. As there's going to be more, you know, more and more people starting to come into this space, are y'all sectioning yourself off to where, you know, yes, we're we're ready, we're good, we're here for the long haul, we, you know, whatever I'm trying excited. to say there. Yeah, I understand. We're excited about um, uh, 2010, as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. Um, the and and the fact that jazz has come out and uh, essentially, from our perspective, copied a lot of what we've done uh, in our 2005 and 2008 products. Uh, that's just reinforcement that we're on the right track, that we've got the right strategy and vision. Uh, and we think that we're, you know, we're ahead of them, and we have been for a while now. And we expect to continue to, to push the envelope in terms of uh, the scenarios that we enable and the, the, the problems that we're solving for customers. And um, so we've certainly looked carefully at the, the Jazz products, and, um, you know, we think that we have a very competitive offering. Uh, especially in 2010, uh, you know, we'll continue to leapfrog their their advances, and um, you know, it's it's exciting to be in a place where there's you know a little bit of competition that keeps us on our toes, and um, you know, it, like I said, it validates a lot of our approach that we've taken up. One of um, from you know, I, I mean, Jeff, I've been in the ALM space for a while now, and you know, these guys have been around for years, and one of the things that got me very excited about Team System was the fact that. Microsoft were doing a, a classic Microsoft, and rather than trying to outdo what the current guys are doing, and you know they go cover some of that, but grab a whole new market share and bring a whole new set of people into the fold, and you know and 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 get that involved. And I'm especially excited to see um, that applied to the architecture tools because you know the architecture tools that are currently out on the market really don't help you as an architect. So I'm very excited to see Microsoft taking that area seriously and you know how that's going to all work. Um, it's going to be good fun. Yeah, the the improvements in that area, as I said before, are just amazing. And um, you know, I think that we're bringing stuff to the market that you know will be extremely valuable to customers. Uh, and we're trying to bring the those tools to the everyday. You know, developer. We want to make sure. In the past, it seems like you know, architect tools have been for a very small group of people that call themselves architects. And um, you know, we think that there's a real chance to to expand that and to to bring those that capability to 
a much broader set of people. Um, again, I want to pre thank you for you know taking time out of your day and out of your holiday to come and spend time with uh, the folks at Radio TFS. Um, but one of the things is as the developers are out there and the people are downloading these CTPs and they're using them and they're really digging on them and they want to give you feedback, well, what, where can they start giving you feedback at? Yeah, there are two really good ways to give us feedback. One is uh, via our Connect site at connect.microsoft.com, and the second is through the forums. Uh, and, you know, the forums are a great place because we get the feedback as well as other people can see the feedback and then uh, be able to riff on that and provide us even more insight into their um, experiences, either the, the needs that they have or the problems they're seeing. Um, and so we've got folks that sit on, you know, the various teams within team system that uh, are, are watching those forums carefully. And so uh, those are two really good places to, to give us feedback. And we're, we're really eager to hear back from customers. Uh, we know it's a, it's a big investment in time to download that huge CTP and to get it up and running and to read through all the walkthroughs that we've provided. Uh, but if you're willing to do that and provide us feedback, we are just eager as you can't believe to, to hear from you and to uh, make sure we understand uh, your experience and, and your perspective on on what we're doing. Just to give some feedback on you know on giving feedback, I've been always been incredibly surprised when um, you know you, I fill a bug out in Connect or, or something like that, or, or just even a, a forum post, and you get you know the manager on the phone sort of thing, giving you know wanting to find out more, wanting to know what did I mean by that. Even I've even written like blog posts and had emails from people chasing me up. You know, well, well, yeah, what do you what do you mean? That's always been quite impressive how seriously the team take real customer feedback. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's, uh, like I said, it's in our DNA, and I'm, I'm hoping that as the team grows and changes and you know, new people come on board, that they're able to, to get infected by that as well. Well, great. Um, and here, the folks at Radio TFS also appreciate feedback. So if you would like to give us some feedback, some show, show suggestions, uh, or just ask us questions or make some comments, you're free to reach us at radiotfs at gmail.com. And be sure to go out to our website at www.radiotfs.com. Again, I want to thank Jeff Beeler for taking time out of the day to come and meet with us. And I'd also like to uh, thank uh, our, my hosts, co-hosts, Martin and Mickey, for taking time out of their holidays so we can put this great show on, last show of the year. We look forward to seeing you next year. And uh, thanks, everybody. Have a happy holiday.